How do you know if you did enough? How do you measure your own success and not just your dancer's success? So I was recently reading the book, Life is Short, Don't Wait to Dance by Valerie Condos Field, or Miss Val as she's called, and her discussion of success at the beginning of the book really got me thinking. See, Miss Val is a ballerina turned seven-time NCAA championship coach of the UCLA women's gymnastics team. And when talking about success, she said how her training as a ballet dancer meant that her definition of success came from her personal best on stage. There's no winning and losing. And her competitive success as a gymnastics coach happened when she was able to translate that definition of success into a coaching philosophy that worked in an environment where ranking and judges scores matter. As a ballerina, I resonated with a lot of what she had to say, and as a sports psychologist, I was cheering throughout the book. In the dance industry, some of us are in on a purely performance side of things, while others with studios or school teams, all-star gyms, in some of those areas, you know, competitions, awards, scholarships are the norm. But today I want to talk about success in all of these realms. How do you know you're a successful dance coach? How do you know if you did enough? Welcome to the Passion for Dance podcast. I'm Dr. Chelsea, a former professional dancer and dance team coach turned sports psychologist. This podcast focuses on four main pillars, motivation, resilience, mindset, and community. Each week you'll learn actionable strategies, mindsets, and tips to teach your dancers more than good technique. This is a podcast where we can all make a lasting impact and share our passion for dance. Let's do this. Whenever dancers are competitively successful, we see lots of social media posts, public praise and gratitude, and rightfully so. When a team or individual comes out on top of the rankings, the coach, the teachers, they're usually a big reason why we should celebrate and congratulate those dance educators on a successful event. But what about when dancers don't have a great competition and they fall short of their competitive goals? Is the coach any less successful? I think it's important to stop and consider what makes a successful dance educator, and more importantly, how you as a coach and educator should measure your own success each year. Your personal success is very different from the competitive success of your dancers. Let me reiterate that. How your dancers perform is not tied to your self-worth as a person or your value as their teacher. Let me pause and talk about that word coach for a minute. That title is common in some dance arenas and completely foreign in others. When I say coach, I simply mean a teacher or a mentor who helps motivate change. You can have a sport coach, a nutrition coach, a strength and conditioning coach, or a dance teacher. I think in all of these scenarios, you are someone who motivates others to achieve the changes they are hoping for. As Miss Val says in the book, and yes, it's Miss Val since she came from the dance industry where that label is the norm, but she believes our job is to motivate change mentally, physically, and emotionally. So whether you call yourself a coach, teacher, educator, director, if you are in the business of shaping people, inspiring others, and motivating them to achieve the changes they desire in themselves, you're a coach. But what makes a successful coach? Is it just the ones who have athletes that achieve the most awards, that have the most championships, or dancers with the most scholarships? No, I don't think it's that at all. Success is a very personal thing. You have to decide for yourself what makes you a successful coach. 
Speaking as a sports psychologist, I can share that there are three ways a coach can evaluate the season and determine if you, quote, did enough that year. Unsurprisingly, it's related to how I recommend you set goals. It's just as important that you have a clear goal setting process, achievement strategy, and reflection process as an individual as it is that you have that for your team. Part of your job as a coach is to be the person with the overall vision for your dancers. You can't get stuck in the weeds of the day-to-day, but instead take time to step back and see the program as a whole and where you want them to be years down the line. The best way to start this whole process is to understand your own coaching philosophy. What is important to you? You can't evaluate if you were successful if you don't know how you define success in the first place. If you want some help with this process, I have a free download with question prompts to help you write your own coaching philosophy. I can't stress enough what a powerful exercise in personal growth it is to actually write out a philosophy in your own words. Only then can you start to define what success is to you. So if you'd like to see those questions help you get started, you can head to the show notes for this episode at chelseaparati.com 15 and download it now. Once you have that philosophy figured out, you can start to determine if you were successful or not. And again, success is very personal. So here are three suggestions of how to assess your personal success as a coach each year. Number one, set personal goals and evaluate them at the end of the year. Hopefully you take goal setting seriously and understand the immense value it can have for your athletes if it's done well. However, as coaches, we are so focused on the athletes and their success that we don't often set goals for ourselves on a personal level. At the beginning of the season, set some clear goals you would like to achieve as a coach this year. Make them measurable and actionable so you can really track the progress. If going through a whole goal setting routine as a coach feels daunting, you can take baby steps and still see the payoff at the end of the season. I recommend choosing a word for the year as a coach and keeping that at the forefront of your mind. Choose a value that you really want to focus on this year and make it your goal to see that through. For example, your word for the year could be balance. You strive to find a better balance in all aspects of your life. You know, between, you know, teaching so many hours, coaching your team, maybe you're a parent or you're juggling other jobs and your goal this year is to strive to find a better balance. For the record, I don't think work-life balance is a thing. <laughs> maybe that's a discussion for another time, but it can still be a valuable goal to try to recognize when things feel out of balance and how you might address that. So then if your word is balance, then your goal is simply to have that value on the forefront of your mind when you make decisions all year. You pause for a few minutes at the end of each month even and assess your sense of balance recently and make adjustments as necessary. Or maybe your value as a dance teacher is really about your dancers and it's focused on something like creativity or initiative. Then your goal is to help foster their creativity or teach them to take more initiative. If it stays top of mind and you really introduce it into your coaching and teaching, then when you get to the end of the season and the team is more creative, you were successful that season. And it comes down to little decisions about like, maybe you want to incorporate more improv. Maybe you want to give them opportunity to take initiative. Maybe you want to have more conversations about creativity and where it comes from, right? You just integrate it into the daily conversations in classes and in when you're learning new choreography, it just becomes part of your everyday conversations. And so you'll see the progress build throughout the season. 
This is something I do every year on a personal level. I enjoy the process of choosing that word of intention each year, and it really does shape decisions and guide me throughout the year. If it stays ever present, if I can really hold on to it and remember that it's there, I see strides and personal growth at the end of the year. So for example, this year, 2021, my word is moment. After everything that 2020 was, I wanted to be more present in the moment and less worried about the future or mourning what should have been. And while I'm not perfect for sure, I can tell you it's already made a big difference. When you know my daughter asked me to play around a candy land after breakfast, I feel the stress to start working. And instead I'll pause and think in this moment, 20 minutes of Candyland will really mean a lot to both of us and I'll get the work done today. It's okay. I want to enjoy this one-on-one time where in the past I would say, no, you know, it's time to start work. I need to go. And I would leave her and say, I'll play with you later. And even if I would eventually follow up and play with her later in her little four-year-old mind, that's not the same thing as I value this moment with you. And I truly value it too. So if we set too many goals, we won't achieve all of them. So for me, that singular focus helps me assess my personal growth and a success at the end of a year. I can look back and say, did I stop and process and live in the moment? Was I better at that this year? So regardless of other goals that I might set, fitness goals and health goals or financial goals, uh, relationship goals, I'll still do all of that. But some of those, achieving them may be out of my control for different reasons, but whether or not I show up with my intention is always in my control. So however you approach it, from fully fleshed out personal coaching goals to a singular focus, determine what you define as success at the beginning. Without that, you have nothing to measure your season against. This episode is brought to you by the Dance Coach Membership Releve, a community for dance coaches on the rise. This community is designed to help you create a team of committed, hardworking dancers that are a pleasure to coach every day. I've learned a lot about coaching other coaches over the years, and one thing I know is we need clear action plans that are easy to implement and a support network around us. So I created a membership to help all the dance coaches out there who want to rise up and make a difference on their team. Head over to passionatecoach.com membership to learn more about how to join us inside this dance coach membership where you will get the support and guidance to find a new level of joy and success in coaching. That's passionatecoach.com membership. Okay, number two, reflect on your accomplishments. At the end of the season, always take the time to really stop and see the progress that was made on and off the dance floor. Watch videos from your first competition or the first time they learn some challenging choreography and see the growth. It's a little tip I learned early on is record that first day you learn something or record a random combo at the beginning of the season. Just have a documentation of it. A lot of your value as a coach and a teacher can be seen in an individual dancer's progress and an overall team growth. So if you stop and pay attention to both of those things at the end of the season, you'll see, wow, you can watch that video from the very beginning of the season and watch where that choreography is now. Or we, you can watch individual dancers and watch them grow over the year and actually notice and pay attention and recognize it. In the dance world, we often go 12 months a year. The end of season bleeds right into the next season. We often forget to stop and see how much growth our dancers truly made this season. 
don't know about a lot of you, but I feel a lot of success when I see the growth in my dancers, but we don't often pause and notice it. So just stop for a minute and reflect on the accomplishments your dancers truly made that year. Not just the accolades and the trophies, but their personal growth in, you know, in emotion and in uh, maybe grit and work ethic or their personal growth in their technical abilities as someone, you know, has better point throughout their toes, someone who is better, uh, you know, at jumps or turns or whatever it is, but stop and notice it and pay attention and reflect on those accomplishments. Number three, be proud no matter what the external success factors look like. More than any of the other strategies of setting and tracking goals or noticing progress and technical skill, you impacted your dancers' lives for an entire season, and that alone is success. The dance world is hard. It can suck you in and spit you out if you don't have solid boundaries. And no matter what happens on the floor during competitions, and despite all the science behind proper goal setting and measurable scales for success, I believe you can measure your success as a coach through a feeling. And I think my fellow researchers would shudder at that because I'm usually all about the numbers and being able to track the science. But I don't think that applies here with success. No matter what happens with those tangible things that you can really track and pay attention to, like awards and trophies, I, I truly believe you can measure your success through a feeling. The iconic basketball coach, John Wooden, said that, quote, success is a peace of mind, which is a direct result of self-satisfaction in knowing you did your best to become the best you're capable of being. Success is peace of mind. How beautiful is that? Success isn't the trophies or the scores. It's a feeling of peace of mind knowing you did your best, knowing you showed up in alignment with those values and continued to impact many young dancers' lives. So read those thank you notes you get on occasion. I personally have a box of my favorites over the years that I pull out and read when I'm feeling especially low, need a little pick-me-up. Stop and notice when a parent offers a thank you. They may be few and far between, and sometimes the thank yous come years after your dancers have graduated and moved on, but notice how the small things make a big difference in people's lives. By being a coach and a teacher, you are making an impact that no one else can. School teachers, parents, best friends, they all have an influence on our dancers, but a dance coach is unique. We are role models. We usually push our dancers because we believe in them more than anyone else does. When we believe in them all year, they begin to believe in themselves. And I think that alone is success. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with someone in your dance community who might need to hear it too. We are stronger when we support each other. So if you have a dance friend who you think might get down on themselves for not being successful, when you know the true level of impact they have, share this with them. Tell them that you think they are the coach with impact. Thank you for listening and keep sharing your passion for dance with the world.